The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, No one can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food in the body, more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin. But I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, what are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. The Gospel of the Lord. Today, there's two of my all-time favorite readings, so it's always harder to figure out exactly which one to focus on uh, more, because I think that they're both unbelievable. And um, one of the things that I think is the most amazing that we've been talking about sort of leading up to this point, especially when you hear many of these things in 2 Corinthians, is all about like these sort of paradoxes in our faith that don't seem to make sense to us, like in, in our sort of general human instincts. But we just have to kind of remind ourselves that sometimes our instincts are one in the context of the fallen world that we live in. And so Christ is here to redeem us from that, to actually rescue us from that situation. Remember, so often we think of things, our instincts are to lean towards something that might be a fallen or, or misunderstood idea about how the world works. And he's constant te constantly telling us to do things that are, that are sort of backwards in our own minds, like to empty ourselves out, to make ourselves rich. Remember the whole, the whole salvation of the cross, that he dies to overcome death. And that in our weakness, we are powerful. All of these things kind of are mind-blowing, but Jesus needs to kind of retrain us for what the kingdom of heaven looks like as opposed to what this world looks like. And so, so much of um, the way that all of you have heard me preach and the way that I tend to preach is very much inspired by St. Paul 
in the regard that <laughs> I know so much, so well my own weaknesses. And uh, when I was an athlete, I worked so hard to overcome my own weaknesses. Perhaps sometimes I lean heavily upon that because it was something that I could control, that I had a grasp of, my own sort of improvement. You know, I had like sort of this measuring stick, which again is one of my own weaknesses <laughs> that I fall into sometimes. But one of the things that I like about St. Paul is he's, he's great at self-deprecating. You know, he's great at telling you about, this is why I'm such a terrible person and why I need the Lord, why I need him to redeem me, but it's in my weakness that I realize that I can do everything through him and that I can really do nothing on my own. And, and it's amazing, you know, like that particular scene that he has, and I'm sure many of us have experienced this before. I've, I've mentioned to you before the, the, the struggles I've had academically throughout my entire life, not just, uh, not just time in the seminary, not when I was just younger, throughout the whole entire process. And I remember one time coming back from um, an exam where I just got obliterated by the examiner. And so this, again, you know, the, the context of things in Rome is like, you have an hour, or you have a 15-minute exam or a 10 or 15-minute exam, your only grade in the class, and it's an oral exam. And it's extremely nerve-wracking of a situation to do that for years um, on end. And I remember I just walked down with like one of like, was, is it like Charlie Brown, one of the Peanuts characters that like has that like slump-shouldered sort of look? That's how I felt after this exam. And remember, I've mentioned it before, 35-minute walk to walk back and ponder just what a terrible student I felt like that day. I walked back and I happened to have spiritual direction that day, thank God. And uh, I was talking to my spiritual director and I just was speaking to him about how crushed I felt, how diminished I felt, how I didn't even know if I belonged there, all of these things, you know, just like everything cratered, right? Like in my self-worth in that moment. And then, you know, he just reminded me, he's just like, he was like, Peter, you're good at a lot of things. He goes, I'm here to remind you of that. He was just like, do you think if you had this also on lock that you would ever rely on the Lord at all? <laughs> and we remember this moment of Paul where he has some inadequacy, some sort of thorn in his flesh. And he's like, he begs the Lord, please remove this from me. He doesn't just ask him once. He asks him like three different times. But then he realizes that it's in his own weakness that this thorn in the flesh, this inadequacy that he has to constantly deal with, allows him to actually rely on the strength of the Lord and to not rely on himself. We know what it looks like. We know what the arrogance and the pride looks like when we rely on ourselves. And, you know, and that's the big, that's the big downfall, the big sin of pride. It's the big sin that got us into the context of the situation that we're in in the first place. It's often the things that, that gives us the most anxiety that we seem to struggle with throughout our life. And so we have to look at the context of the world, at the fabric of the world, the way we live, and again, keep retraining our brain to the way that God orients us. And so we think to ourselves, you know, we think even in a month like this too, where one of the biggest challenges that we face is a completely different ideological outlook and how this, the way that this world functions. You know, today, you know, many of the people of the world celebrate this month as Pride Month. Well, 
we should look at our own foundational principles and say to ourselves, why in the world would we take the number one of the seven deadly sins and make that a celebration? There's something in there that's wrong. There's something in there that doesn't seem to make sense, that's not really consistent with the way, with, with the truth that we know to be in this world. So we just have to look back at those first principles and the way that Christ is kind of trying to retrain us. It's just like, no, of course, remember the sin of pride is the thing that got us into this mess. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, Adam and Eve, it was the disobedience of God. No, it wasn't the disobedience. Yes, that's a part of it. But what did they want? What is the, what is the temptation from the serpent? The temptation of the serpent is you can become like God. You can have a grasp. It, it's the sin of pride. It's wanting to have the power of God that is the ultimate fall, the ultimate sinfulness of Adam and Eve that gets us in this situation. And we constantly run up against our own prideful situations. But then we're reminded in the gospel that it's just like, and, and some of us, some of us are very anxious people, and some of us have kind of low anxiety. If you are an anxious person, you should read this gospel every single day of your life until you die, because it is a great reminder that it's just like we continue every day. And some of you do this in your morning offering. Every day you offer your life up to the Lord. Every day you offer your life up to the Blessed Virgin Mary to continue to preserve you from anxiety as a constant reminder that it is not about you and what you can do and how you can provide for yourself. But if you let that go, you know, again, remember, Jesus, I surrender myself to you, take care of everything. If you let go, then he will provide. And St. Paul's life is an absolute reminder of that. You know, yesterday we heard of all the trials that he struggled, but he kept abandoning himself to the Lord. And even in the midst of shipwrecks and beatings and all these different things that he experienced, he knew that the providence of God would provide for him because his grace is sufficient for him. And so we have to constantly offer these things up, constantly let go of the way that the world thinks so that we can embrace the way the kingdom of heaven will function. God bless you all.